We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by FantasyDraft.com. Use the promo code ROTOWIN for a 100% deposit bonus over at FantasyDraft.com. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ricciardi as we break down the Thursday NBA DFS slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, as, as the featured writer on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. Benicio, welcome to the largest Thursday slate in NBA history. Yep, all these teams, there's like 96, maybe 100 total players that we have to talk about today in these four games, so yeah. I don't know if we're going to have the time. Yeah, you know what, I, the, 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 I'm just blown away by the plethora of options on this four-game slate, so we're going to try to control ourselves and filter down the um, just virtual buffet of options uh, for yeah. you in, in your DFS lineups for, for today. So um, let's go ahead and kick it off. And before we do that, we've got to let you know that the Rotowire DFS podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate us, review us, please go ahead and do so. Don't forget to share and subscribe. We always like five stars. You know, Benny likes six. But if I don't know if that's actually possible. But, you know, he's a guy that you definitely want to make happy. You know, he's from New Jersey. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Um, oh man, you have no idea how many times I hear that. <laughs> and that and everybody and everybody asks you, "Oh, what exit you what exit you live off of?" I'm like, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I I just going to say I've seen the Sopranos. This is why I try to keep you happy. You know what I mean? Like I don't need a, a a horse head showing up on my bed or anything like that. So there you have it. 
All right, let's go ahead and crank it on up. Any four games slate. We got Philly versus Brooklyn, Clippers versus Chicago, the Atlanta Hawks versus OKC, New York Knicks versus Sacramento Kings. Uh, we got five playoff teams and three, two teams like Philly and Sacramento, you know, projected to as Western and Eastern Conference finalists. So uh, we're looking pretty good here. Uh, let's go ahead and break it all on down. What do you got for me at the point guard position? I mean, I know you're a big Sacramento Kings fan, so I'll say it so you don't have to be a homer, but, I mean, Rajon Rondo is legit, and if I'm paying up for anybody here, I think it's probably him at the point guard spot. Yeah, he's um, producing at a very good level. You know what? His value really is, like, in some way, in one way or another, it's sort of tied to what happens with DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins has been really uneven in terms of performance in the last... Uh, three games. Rondo did pop up with a good game of it, all, sort of all on his own, with uh, feeding 19 assists to other people than Rajon Rondo against the Houston game. But these sort of see the production fall off: 2.6 tag x payoff and 4.4 uh, against OKC, which didn't kill you, but you you definitely wanted more. Um, you know, very close once again uh, to um, you know hitting that triple double mark. There, just three rebounds shy with a good volume of scoring and and. Uh, Let's see here, 5, 9, 11 steals in, in the last four games. So that's pretty good. And you, t- you take a look at the matchup against the New York Knicks. That's definitely a team that you can sort of target on the defensive end as well. Um, so I like that play uh, in terms of cash and GPP, uh, even though the you know the production has been sort of uneven. But like we said, DeMarcus Cousins gets back on track in this matchup. Um, and, you know, there's another guy that you can take a look at. If, I want to give you props for, you know, um, getting, getting me off my high horse and taking a look at Jose Calderon as a value play here on the Thursday slate as well as a super cheap option are you going to sort of draw the line there at 4100 in terms of uh, you know value plays that we can take advantage of on this slate yeah I think that he's probably the guy I'm looking at I mean we've been we know that Sacramento plays really fast and they play paced up games so usually the point guards are the guys that get a little bit of a bump or I should say the guys who get the balls and the ball in their hands the most are the ones who get a little bump when they're playing in a, against a fast-paced team so it's not that I like Calderon and I mean that's kind of what we were talking about earlier and I and I go through the same thing sometimes when you're playing DFS there are guys who you know you just don't like watching them play or, or you don't think they're very good players but you kind of have to get over that sometimes because if you're only paying four thousand dollars for you know Calderon and he's playing 28 26 37 25 35 minutes if he gets you 20 points that's 6x for you and by taking him at that cheap price it allows you to go get the stud that you may want on the day if you like a you know a Westbrook or a Rondo or DeMarcus Cousins you know you can't fit them in with a whole lineup of guys that are seven eight thousand dollars but if you can get some guaranteed you know Five time. I mean, basically, in the last five games, he's given you no less than 4.6x, and he had a game where he went 8.1x. So if he has that kind of upside and, and that kind of consistency, you know, he, like I said, I don't have to like his real-life game, but for fantasy, the production he can give me for the price I got to pay for him, I can like that, and, you know, that's why I roll him. Yeah, you know, and then on the defensive side, too, we've talked about, you know, the Kings and, you know, playing with the, one of the second highest pace in the league. So you can definitely take advantage of that with Cotteron on the New York side. And you have the fact that uh, Rajon Rondo and the, and the Sacramento Kings have allowed the seventh most fantasy points to a poison point guard. So makes sense when you take a look at the numbers, if you can get over the fact that it's Jose Calderon, who's, I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> last, <laughs> uh, his last name is, uh, I think, Spanish for turnstile. So, you know, um, either, either way that you slice it, whether you're going with Rondo or whether you're going with Calderon, I think you're in a pretty good spot. 
overall. So I'm um, taking a look at the other options too. And I just went through this on the Wednesday slate. It really is tough for you to find somebody that you feel comfortable either with the price tag payoff, like Russell Westbrook, who's super expensive and Chris Paul, who really hasn't met value coming off the injury or that's, you know, uh, that is a, um, a good value play on the, on the other side of the ball. You, you sort of agree with me there. We're just kind of just down to these off. Yeah. I, I mean, here's basically the way I break it down. You know, you look up at the top, you, Westbrook and Chris Paul. Paul's just coming back from injury, so I'm not expecting him to get back to that elite level of production I would need him to pay off his price, so he's out right away for me. Westbrook's a little bit of an interesting option for tournaments for me. Um, whenever they play a team, like if you look at, people are going to quickly look at his game log and be like, oh, he had a horrible game and he only played 25 minutes last game. They won by like 30. So they gave him a little bit of rest. It's okay that his numbers weren't as good as they usually are. Against Atlanta here, I think that it's going to be a little bit of a higher um, total than Atlanta usually sees. They haven't been as great defensively as they've been in the past. And I think that Westbrook, you know, his numbers are still like 5X in every other game before last game where he only played 24 minutes. So it's not like he hasn't been producing. And I feel like people aren't going to be using him. I feel like Rondo's the guy that everyone's going to slot in right away. So I think Westbrook is somebody that you can get a, you know, low ownership on for a tournament. And I think he'd be somebody that I'd definitely roll out there. And then the only other thing you could look at, like a guy like Shane Larkin's been doing pretty well and has a good matchup against the Sixers. But honestly, it basically comes down to do you like Larkin or do you like Calderon more? I'm a little more on Calderon for safety. Yes, because um, he's, starter, he, he's a starter with starters minutes. And yep. late Larkin is strictly GPP only. You saw what he did in, the, like, you yeah. know, in two out of the four where he gets 8x and 10x, and then the last game where he comes up with two points and, and one rebound. So Yeah, like last night, last night I think he had eight fantasy points over on, on DraftKings. So if you rolled him out as your cheap guy last night, you, paid the you know, it, yeah. yeah, it hurt you, you know? Right, so I'm I'm in total agreement with you there. So um, I think we can draw draw the line and say here's our two best options. If you want to pivot from that with some expensive spots, you know, and Chris Ball um, isn't the worst play. I mean, still they have you just haven't received any discount for the the amount of time that he uh, missed with the injury or the lack of production that he's been putting. Uh, up overall, but Derrick Rose is a guy that you can definitely target on the defensive end. We mentioned how um, you know Chicago Bulls bottom five in the league in fantasy points allowed to, to point guards. So uh, if you're feeling frisky, it is a road matchup, so you do you have that other piece going against you as well with Chris Paul. Um, so I would prefer to rather try to put some eggs in the basket like we talked about in the pregame show with Blake Griffin, but we're not at power forward yet, so we'll try to get there by moving on to shooting guard for the Thursday slate. What do you got for your top uh, cash and GPP options? I mean, I think Jimmy Butler is the clear choice of a guy that you should pay up for and probably even start your roster. And it actually is something that we don't talk about all that much. But when you get onto these smaller slates, there is definitely something called positional scarcity that you have to, you know, kind of factor into the decisions that you make. If you decide to pay up somewhere else and can't afford to get Jimmy Butler, what is the difference between you know, him being the clear-cut number one option at the shooting guard position and whoever the guy that you have to come down to is. Mm -hmm. And I think that the difference between Jimmy Butler and whoever your other option underneath Jimmy Butler at the shooting guard position is, is so big unless we get some kind of injury news that, you know, ticks up somebody who's 3K to like 30 minutes or so. I think that it's such a big gap between the two of them that that gap is bigger than it would be at any other position. So if you decide not to pay up for him, I think you're really going to have a lot of work 
to do to make up for it at the other positions in order to win on a short slate like this. So to me, he's going to be on probably every one of my rosters, cash or GPP on uh, on the Thursday slate. That makes a lot of sense overall. I think that you you um, sort of have, definitely have the right approach to it. So um, and, and we just look at you know the other, the other potential guys that you could make a case for. It really is ugly. I think like there isn't a single guy, and I went through all these even just potential home run options that you can sort of. Like say, all right, you know, um, and you know he could be an option, but it really just comes down to like you repeating to yourself GPP only, GPP only, GPP only, mm-hmm. like over and over and over again. So um, yeah, speaking of, uh, you tell me because I'm sort of at a loss. I think that like Jamal Crawford is the only guy that I sort of look at and say, all right, fairly strong option. Um, given the price tag, uh, you know, taking a look at what he did against Minnesota um, in, a, in a starter's role, he's really been in a scoring groove. The only other guy that I really like at shooting guard uh, on this uh, four games slate. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, basically, here's the way I kind of look at it and why I can't get off of Jimmy Butler. I think that Corver is an interesting option. I think um, they're a little bit paced up against OKC. I think Aflalo's an interesting option because they're paced up going up against Sacramento. But to me, these are both like 25-point-a-game players. You know, like 20 to 25 is most likely outcome of a Corver or an Aflalo game for me. So that's why I'm saying, like, Jimmy Butler can get you 40. He could get you 50-something if he has a big game. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at and, – and honestly, think about who's going to be guarding him. If he's playing the, the wing spot against the Clippers, you're going to have – Guys like maybe Emba Mute guarding him. You're definitely going to have J.J. Redick on him for a little. That's a horrible mismatch. You know, Jamal Crawford could be on him. That's a horrible mismatch. You know, they they really don't have wing players at the Clippers. That's been, like, pretty much their problem for a number of years now. They got a great point guard. They got two good big guys. But you can always get, you know, away with scoring or attacking them from the wings. So I think this is a great matchup for Butler as well. And if he's going to give me 15 to 20 fantasy points more than the probable outcome I'm going to get from the guys from coming down to him, like I said, to me, that's worth it on a short slate because, you know, there aren't going to, there isn't enough differentiation where you can go get three or four other guys at other positions that people aren't thinking about that can outperform. So I think that he's just basically somebody you got to lock in. You know, Crawford, I liked him. The biggest problem I have now is with Reddick and Paul back. You know, he went from a guy who was seeing 30 minutes in some of those games to somebody who's back to seeing, you know, I mean, with Doc giving Austin Rivers 15 or 20 minutes a game, you're basically only left with 15 or 20 minutes for Crawford. So, you know, I think it's a, a travesty, but he has he, he's basically losing minutes. So that's the thing that, uh, you know, kind of kind of gets me with that. Right. But like I said, that's why he's Butler, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's by the way, he has to face Jimmy Butler on defense, which is also bad for Jamal Crawford overall and in general but i I, yeah so to me it's um my choices are uh jimmy butler and uh, jamal crawford and i really just don't like too much else uh on this slate normally i can make a case for for the uh opposing shooting guard facing sacramento but aaron aflato's game logs look pretty ugly uh overall and you know the the price is uh you know uh cheap enough on Kyle Korver if you want to take a GPP flyer though he he has hit 5x 
in, you know, three of the last seven matchups, which isn't saying much, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But he does have, like, an 8x in him at, at a higher price. He did go for 22 and 7, but that's, like, the the ceiling for, for you know, what you can expect from Kyle Cover, and it's not the, the, the best yeah. overall matchup uh, in OKC overall. I mean, mm-hmm. all, the, all they need Roberson to do is actually play defense. And, you know, if that's his, his one role, then it's bad news for Kyle Korver. Yeah. So. Like, I think I think Korver makes a great GPP play. And I'm not just saying that because, like, oh, well, anybody's a GPP play. But he's the guy that can get you the 6 or 7x multiple if he has a great shooting game, uh-huh. especially on DraftKings with three-point bonus and all. Yep. And he's cheap enough and at, a, at a, such a different price point from Jimmy Butler that if you use him in a tournament, it's going to give you – a different roster than most of the other people because I think that Butler's going to be locked into, you know, I mean, if he's on 65% of rosters, I wouldn't be surprised about it unless we get some, like, amazing value that opens up because of injury or something between now and then. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there as well. So um, that's why it's, uh, you know, fairly tough, and I think we, we just need to sort of, like, stick to our guns here and lean towards the top option. And, you know, if you want to get creative with the GPPs and Crawford and some of these other guys, uh, fire away. Uh, but, you know, it's you know definitely at your own risk. All right, uh, before we move on to the small four position, want to let all the beloved pod listeners know that if you have not subscribed to rotowire.com, you got to take advantage while it's still going here. Free 10 day trial for rotowire.com. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash pod and get lineup optimizers for MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, college football, and soccer. So if you love the beautiful game, why don't you go ahead? Benny's uh, uh, a uh, soccer head. So you can tweet Benny at BennyR11 and say, hey, how do you love my DFS optimized lineup on Roto-Wire with uh, Messi in there? And, you know, so oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, you can up the minute depth charts, customizable league projections, complete draft kits for all you season longers out there and covering eight different DFS sites on the optimizer for all of those sports for free. You want to get involved with some of the projections and numbers that we use on this very show. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash pod and um, get a ten, free 10-day trial and let them know that uh, Benny and Josh sent you. We definitely appreciate that there as well. Right there when they ask you, how'd you find out about this or Where'd you, who's, who sent you? Benny and Josh. Don't forget about that. Rotowire.com slash pod. All right. Small forward position. Who is going to be out there on the wing next to the shooting guards making, making it rain on DFS? Okay, I got to be honest with you. There are, uh, I mean, there literally almost everybody's an option here for me today. Yeah. And, le- I mean, I'll even go down real quick and just give you a little bit of a case for everybody. You know, you got Kevin Durant going up against Atlanta. Yeah, not the easiest matchup in the world. But, again, who's playing small forward for them? Probably Cabo Cephalosha. So he's a tough defender, but he's still it's still Kevin Durant. And you know that game's going to be close. It's going to be high scoring. So he makes a little bit of sense. Mello against Sacramento, high-paced team. Obviously, that's a guy who you're going to tick up against the high-paced team. It's not like Rudy Gay's playing lockdown defense on anybody, so he's in play. Robert Covington against Brooklyn. It's actually a slower-paced game for him, but Covington is probably the best player on that Philly team. I know we can make a case for Okafor. I don't want to get into that argument with you right now, but uh, you know those are, those are basically the two guys Philly relies on, so he's always somebody you can look at, but he's gotten... Very expensive, which is why I would actually prefer to pay up for a mellow if you were going to ask me mellow versus Covington. Um, but even Joe Johnson, Omri Caspi, Jeremy Grant, Jeremy Grant, um, you know, Kent Bazemore, like every one of these guys has a little bit, you know, if you look at the last couple game logs, has been going five or six times in some of their matchups. And then even if you go down to a guy like uh, Bohan Bogdanovich, 
you know, he's basically been playing a ton of minutes right now with uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson out. So he's, like, basically dirt cheap. I think he put up, like, 30 fantasy points last night or something like that. So he's another option, too. If you're paying up for a guy like Jimmy Butler, as much as I like a guy like Melo and I think he could be in a good spot, I think you're going to probably have to come down to some of these cheap guys here because there are some options at power forward and center we're going to want to pay up for, too. So that's the way I'm looking at it. I think there's enough options, unlike small, uh, shooting guard, where if you don't use Butler, you're getting like a big downgrade. At small forward, I think there's enough options that can give you a solid five or six times return. With guys like Joe Johnson in, in the middle there, or you know Jeremy Grant, or go with like Bogdanovich, that I don't think you need to pay up here today. So I'm probably going to be looking at some of those guys towards the bottom end, which are a little riskier, but I think this is one of the positions where you can get away with it today. Yeah, I agree with you there as well. Um, the other thing I want to say, like I don't understand um, why this number is as good as it is. The Lakers with Kobe Bryant in the lineup have, um, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Well, they're giving up the 13th most fantasy points to opposing um uh, small forwards there. I would have thought that Andrew Wiggins would be a much better play than he is. He is actually a top three option. And um, so like, this is going to be my, 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 my GPP home run special. Cause you take a look at the game logs. It's got progressively worse, believe it or not. He does have a 27 and four game, um, which you know, at 7,400 um, was not actually good for five um, X on FanDuel. So, and I'm just been like rotating between FanDuel and, and DraftKings pricing. Um, but, but, you know, I, I do want to target, um, you know, those potential options if we have the, the opportunity to do. He's, wait a minute. I'm looking at my sheet and it's, it has Wiggins on there. All right, let me just make a note and, and edit this down. I'm getting fucked up because I have like two days worth of, <laughs> I'm trying to just like, I, I'm. Okay, I was going to say, that, that I didn't want to break the third wall or anything, but uh, now that you did, I figured you got to edit it out anyway. 19 um, Okay. okay well, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I wanted to stop you before you went on there. but Why is it show? I'm looking at the, the slate, and it's showing me that... that hit, hit refresh. You might have you changed your settings and not even realized that on Basketball Monster. Yeah, okay. That's retarded. All right. We'll, we'll just start again here. Okay. All right. Three, two... One. All right, you know a guy that I um, I'm fine with the majority of those, those those plays overall. If you're if you're going cheap and you you need to take a serious look at Omri Caspery, Sacramento. He got 41 minutes in the last game. He's been elevated into the starting lineup. Uh, George Carl came out and said that he's uh, you know really felt like he's gotten into a groove um, and he um, is the best sort of like small forward power forward pairing with him and uh, Rudy Gay. Uh, so Rudy Gay has originally expressed reservations about you know playing the power forward position, but he, they're sort of a little bit interchangeable. Caspi is just like a junkyard dog on defense; he'll mix it up with anybody, even if it's like a you know a uh, a bad matchup for him. Doesn't mind taking fouls uh, there as well because he's used to the, sort of that six man role. But comes up with his best game of the season: thirty seven fantasy points um, and pays off eight point six x at forty three hundred on on Fanduel. So um, that's value. Uh, overall, and some of the you you know, if you're not going to go up up to the very top, um, and you know, and take a look at like Kevin Durant or or, or uh, Melo at the small forward against Sacramento, I love Caspi on on the other side of the things. Are you with me on that? Yeah, no. Like I said, that whole area is the guys that I'm trying to narrow down. I'm not yeah. sure which one I want to go with yet, but 
Joe Johnson, Caspi, all those guys that we had mentioned in that little area is probably the way to go because this is one of the few positions you can get guys at that price that makes some sense. All right, fair enough. Any other uh, small forward options that we need to mention before we move forward? I think we've pretty much hit on all the ones I'm looking at. All right, fair enough. Let's go ahead and move on along to the power forward position here, Benny. Uh, what do you like up top here? We've got you know, s- some ballers. Uh, like Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap, that young, and then you know, then there's a couple other um, you know guys that we can stump for in, in some in cheap area uh, in the cheaper area as well, like a Jeremy Grant for for an example. Um, how are you approaching this? I'm actually looking very hard at that young as the guy that I think I'm going to be rolling with here because it's another spot where I can save a couple bucks. Like Millsap, um, Cousins have both been underperforming a little bit lately. They're both great players. I wouldn't argue with anybody who can roll either one of them if you fit them in. You know, I've said before, Millsap's one of my favorite cash game plays because he's always a consistent, like, 4.5 to 5x. Never really gets you that huge 6, 7, 8x upside, you know, very rarely. But every game he gets you 4.5 to 5.5x. My problem with him is his price is coming up a little bit right now. So he's getting a little more expensive. So it's not as much of a lock for him in cash games. But you got Thad Young going up against Philly, which going up against Philly is one of the best matchups that anybody ever has. And he's a guy that's a little bit cheaper, a little bit below $7,000 on DraftKings lately. And he's putting up like 40 fantasy points every game that he's going out there. I mean, I didn't think he had this kind of of offensive ability in him, but he's been scoring a lot more points. And he's always been a guy who gets you all those other stats. You know, he's he's a pretty solid rebounder. You know, he'll get you a couple assists. He does, he can pass the ball a little bit. You know, he'll get you a block. He'll get you a steal. He plays some defense. So the fact that he's been able to score to go along with it lately is, you know, something that's been giving him a a lot more upside than a lot of these other guys have. And he's pretty cheap, below $7,000 compared to, you know, eight or nine or 10000 you have to pay for DeMarcus or Blake or Millsap. So I'm really comfortable rolling Thad Young out there. I think this is a great spot for him. Yeah, I totally agree with you there as well. Um, and you, you don't have to pay too much. He's been like sitting pretty solid. Like the, the, the for example, just at least on Fandle anyway, the price has been just crawling up. You know, he he is up you know over thirteen hundred from the beginning of the season, but just like in the last you know two weeks or so. You know, just like a three, like three to four hundred dollar price increase, depending on which day that you picked it to, to look for it overall. And he's like um, on Fanduel, consistent six x. By the way, twenty and twelve double doubles again with five assists and three steals, and twenty five and fourteen against Golden State the game before that. So super safe, not the most expensive play. Opens up some salary and just giving you top level production against, like you said, as good of a matchup as you can hope for in in Philly. So I'm all in on on Thad Young. Now sliding down a little bit further. Um, can we save much more from Thad Young and still feel good about the production, or um, do we need to go in a different direction? I mean, there's some guys for for a tournament that I think I could be okay with. Like a, a guy like um, Miritich has the upside, but he's very has been very erratic. So some games he looks great, some games he doesn't. I don't really think this is a, a great spot for him, but you know he has put up six, seven x at times. We know he can do that. But if you look at his game logs, he's also thrown like a, you know, a 5 or 6x and then a 3x and then a 5 or 6x and then like a 4x. So if you get him on the bad day, that could hurt you. I don't really like Nerlens Noel, um, you know, Josh Smith, Taj Gibson. None of these guys are really exciting for me. Kevin Serafin is a little bit interesting if you wanted to take like a straight up punt kind of play. 
Um, but I would only really feel good about it if I saw that maybe there was somebody missing in the um, front court for the Knicks, because then that would give him a few more minutes. But he's a guy that's actually been reaching value and putting up decent numbers. He just doesn't get enough minutes. So even though he's dirt cheap, you know, I mean, to me, you got to kind of pay up here, which is why I was saving at the, the small forward spot. So I would look probably no further down than like the Thad Young, Porzingis kind of guys. That would, uh, you know, that's probably where I'm going to fall on uh, Thursday. All right. I think that makes a lot of sense overall. So um, I'm interested. Um, but for me personally, too, um, you, I wanted to be more interested in Jeremy Grant, but the, the, the game locks have sort of taken a, di- a dip in a, and it's a little bit uneven. Um, so, you know, I'm still uh, like the price point that you can take advantage of, but definitely GPP only 5,100. He had a couple spots last week where he popped up at like 5.8x, 6.5, and a full 8x at 4,800. He's still up to 5,100 overall. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm worth, I'm interested enough in a GPP flyer. The problem is, is like he's been alternating between 30 minutes and 20 minutes, and it has been a big, pretty, pretty, pretty big difference in the game log. So I'm more likely to, you know, keep my eggs in the basket of, of Thaddeus Youngs or go against um, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, whose who's offensive game rides with his defensive game. So he's, if he's been struggling on offense, and he did have a good game, but before that had been struggling, it usually just translates directly into, into like, proportionally uh, into fancy value for, for his opponents on the other end. So, you know, if, we're gonna, if I can always feel good about poor Zingote uh, against Sacramento if, if Cousins slumps. Uh, again in that matchup the price is definitely elevating uh on him but you know he to me is very similar to ryan anderson except maybe a better rebounder uh as you know Mm -hmm. just stretch for shooting well performing as good this is a really good stretch for porzingis and his overall production right now so if you want to differentiate yourself from thad young then you might want to take a look at porzingoat uh in your matchups for thursday All right, before we move forward to the center position for the Thursday slate, I want to let you know that the official sponsor of the Rotowire DFS podcast is FantasyDraft.com, the most flexible lineup format in the DFS industry, giving you the freedom to choose anybody at guard, any three guards, any three forwards, or centers, um, and then uh, just two utility players, largest payout zone um, among some of their competitors, definitely more than FanDuel and DraftKings, means you have more chances to win. They're paying out at least 25% of uh, the the, uh, uh, prize pool or more. Fancy Draft keeps the, the, the playing field level by allowing only a maximum of 20 entries per user in any contest. You never have to worry about pros flooding your UPPs in, in your 50-50s with, uh, with these optimal lineups. Uh, so there's great value on your contest there as well. So all you have to do is go to fantasydraft.com, use the promo code ROTOWIN for a 100% deposit bonus over at fantasydraft.com where they put players first. All right, time to put a bow on the show here at the center position. What do you got for us today? I think Brooke Lopez is an automatic start for me. Mm-hmm. I have been starting centers against Philadelphia all season long. Um, I like Okafor's offensive game, but defensively, he is one of the worst centers that we have in the league. Right. Guys block his shots at a high rate, so they get extra extra fantasy points for that. He doesn't rebound as well as he should for a guy his size, so guys have been you know out-rebounding him at the position. And where he really struggles is when he plays true centers, which is what Brooke Lopez is, because... For the most part, Okafor is an undersized center who should really be a power forward. So I think this is the exact kind of matchup that I want to take a guy like this against Okafor. And on top of it, 
basically the Nets run their entire offense through Brook Lopez. He gets a lot of touches. He gets a lot of shots down there in the post. He's also going to rebound for you on both ends of the floor. So I expect I expect close to 50 points out of Brook Lopez here today. So I think he's probably going to be the top option I roll out in pretty much all formats, cash or tournament. Yeah, um, I, I like that play for, um, uh, as a potential call there as well i wanted to take a look at whether or not we could use demarcus cousins and you know you take a look at the knicks uh on the on the defensive end and what they're and what they're um uh, allowing it's uh, not bad overall they're right there like uh, above average in terms of minutes pack but it really isn't related to um robin lopez per se you know um it's been they've actually been playing like stretch five as we've been mentioning in previous shows mm-hmm. there with porzingis so if that's the case demarcus cousins is going to take it personally if he lets some rookie hold him down uh having said that though he still haven't reached 5x payoff even with a good uh return on your investment um at 9800 with he came up with 23 and 12 with, with six assists but still um didn't hit the, the 5x value so you need him to go for basically 50 points on FanDuel right now to, in order for him to, to hit value. So which means there's maybe some cash safe upside at home against the Knicks. Uh, overall, we know that he's the top offensive option, uh, but they have been spreading the ball a little bit more around to, you know, guys like Rudy Gay and Ami Katsby who have been scoring at a pretty good clip. So they don't need him to be a 40 point scorer right now and, and to still be competitive and win. Yep. So that's another thing, sort of thing that you need to consider if you're going to go with the top option. So I'm with you on Brook Lopez uh, overall. And I just really struggled to see, you know, what I was going to do um, in in terms of like. Uh, value plays overall. I really felt I used to feel good about Jaleel Okafor, and the price has come down a little bit. I'm at 6,300, and if I had to make a case for a GPP play, I would probably just go with him, just because I tried to make a case for like Stephen Adams, Kufis, even Enos Cantor, Joachim Noah, and all of it was just not pretty overall to me. Yeah. You know, they're not getting enough consistent minutes, and or you know, Noah's the really the only guy that you can still sort of make a case for because he's in the 4,500 range, and uh, an ugly line that like this still paid off 5x. The, I'm talking about three points, nine rebounds, six assists, and a steal. And you're like, ugh, right? You know? Yeah. If I, I agree 100% with you. If I have to go cheap at all, he's where I'm drawing the line. Mm-hmm. But I'm not feeling good about it. Like, it's not like I'm putting him in towards the beginning of roster construction and saying, oh, if I have money left over at the end, I'll go up to him. I mean, it would literally be, I'll use Noah if I can't figure out any other way to free up a couple extra bucks to get a center better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, but again, like you said, he's been putting up 5X. You know, he's 4,500 and he's giving you, you know, what was that line? Three points, nine rebounds, six assists, right? <laughs> yeah. And he, and he, but he gave you 24 fantasy points at 42 or 4,400 that day and, you know, got you like 6X for it. So, yeah, it's ugly and he's not playing like, 40 35 minutes like we would want him to but if he can get you to value he he might be the key to unlocking you know using two or three studs in the lineup so i definitely think that he's somebody that you can look at yeah so you should definitely take a look at whether or not you can use him the only thing that you probably have to do is like you have to go just take like an epsom salt bath after you use him because you feel just dirty after you use them in your lineup, but you know it could make a case for you, like you like we said, uh, in the in the GPPs. Just depends on how you end up wanting to slice it. Yeah. Do you? I was gonna say, do you like um, Pau Gasol as well? Because he's been putting up some pretty good numbers for for Chicago. I think if I had to go somebody other than Brooke Lopez, who is my top option, I, I think I Pau might be my number two on a day. Yeah, Pau Chica Pau Pau uh, Chica Pau Pau 
actually I do like. I'm glad you mentioned him. Um, I, I sort of forgot about him, but I have been playing him in, in recent rosters in DFS, especially with Mirtich like banged up and and sitting, and them keep uh, getting uh, no extra minutes, which you know all Noah's really going to do is just play defense and rebound. He's never going to yeah. be like a guy who takes shots away. He actually increases the shot volume for for Pagasol. So I definitely like that call. Um, there as well somebody i i would be interested in too as well and if you'd like i said if you want to full, go full pepto bismol mode on us you know then you can go with your little okafor because he's still in that cheaper range and has like the previous production but he you know since he's been knocking people out like mike tyson punch out style and you know and off the suspension really hasn't got back to that same level level of production so i, I would want to see it first but anybody who wants a super gamble i i get it from that side because he is still the the top offensive option with you know maybe apologies to to robert covington so that's how i have it uh, end up slicing up for the matchup for today all right um any other guys that we need to mention before we head out of here no that's i mean yeah. like i said if i can fit brooke lopez and Pau gasol in a lineup and still get some of the guys that i talked about that's going to kind of be my goal but i don't know if i'm going to be able to do that unless i get a value opportunity or two so make sure you guys follow the injury news it's very big in nba dfs uh-huh. and if something like that does pop up where you can fit that extra stud in, I think that on a short slate, it's good to try to get as many of the studs in as you can. You want to play your studs even more on a short slate and, you know, kind of take advantage of it that way. Absolutely. That is going to wrap it up for the Rotowire DFS podcast for Thursday NBA DFS action. Reminder, you can always check us out on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience. Don't forget to follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11. And you can check me out on Twitter also at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. the foot there's no better ride than an old station wagon room for six people facing forward two people facing backward and a whole lot of luggage lumber and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof if you can parallel park that beast you can park anything and with some quality parts and a little napa know-how you can keep your land ship running longer stronger it's not obsolete it's a rare treasure that's napa know-how napa know-how